Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where we use intersectional feminism, mindfulness, leadership, and strategy to support smart women to change the world without anxiety, insecurity, and burnout. Well, when you don't see people who look like you in positions of uh, leadership, then it makes you wonder if there's space for you. On the show, we challenge the status quo and support you to unlearn harmful messages that keep you playing small so you can activate your superpowers and live with joy, confidence, and ease. I'm your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hello, hello, well women. Welcome back to the show. So good to have you here. I've been engaging with lots of you on Instagram. If you haven't found me over there, head over to uh, at wellwomanlife. I'd love to follow you. If you have an account there too, check out the Instagram feed. It's getting kind of fun over there. I don't know. I haven't always loved Instagram, but lately I have been enjoying it. So this week on the show, I'm super excited. I have Dr. Lizette Ojeda on the show. She's a career psychologist and behavioral scientist specializing in an evidence-based intersectional approach to helping diverse leaders do their best work. She's been recognized by the Houston Business Journal's 40 Under 40 and has been honored with fellow status by the American Psychological Association for her outstanding contribution to diversity initiatives on a national level. She is pretty amazing. She's also an associate professor at Texas A&M University. And today on the show, we talk about how we can speak up with more confidence, dealing with hurtful systems that keep us from succeeding and beating isolation and lack of confidence in your leadership role. You can find notes from today's show at wellwomanlife.com slash 264 show. And as always, the Well Woman Show is thankful for support from the Well Woman Academy at wellwomanlife.com slash academy. And this is where high achieving women come and gather and share and learn and grow together. So I'd love you to check that out, wellwomanlife.com slash academy. And without further ado, here is my interview with Dr. Lizette Ojeda. I'm speaking with Lizette Ojeda. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me here. It's so good to have you. I would love to start by just asking you to share with listeners, who are you in the world today? That's a great question. And I'll have to start off by saying I'm a mom because that's my number one, uh, my most important thing. And I'm a recent single mom of three boys. So now everything I do revolves around them, not just the impact that I want to make in the world for other women to get out there, be seen, uh, make a bigger impact within their zone of brilliance like nobody else can. And so those two things are my mission here. And so I, I would say I'm a confidence catalyst. Uh, I really want to, or I have, and I continue to empower people to really own their worth, own their um, zone of brilliance and step up from the sidelines, speak up with more confidence and go after what they want. Um, Because at the end of the day, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you demand and nobody's going to just hand it to you for the most part. Uh, Putting your head down, focusing on your work without asking for what you want isn't going to make it happen. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that you brought that up. Okay, so let's dig into a few things that you just talked about. I appreciate and want to just lift up that you started out with your first identity as a mom. 
and that that seems to be really important. I think as professional women, sometimes we sideline that that role or that identity. And uh, certainly in my work and the work with the well woman community, we're always aiming to integrate and you know hold space for all the different parts of ourselves, right? So that's that's a big part of who you are. But I know that you bring a lot of your yourself to your professional work. And um, when you talk about what you do, do you work mostly with women? And what who do you mostly work with? Um, or or is, are you targeting sort of everybody with this? So I, I, I focus on the underdog. So someone who is kind, smart, brilliant, giving, but they haven't been putting themselves first. And they feel like they just have to do their job and they'll get the opportunities come knocking at their door. And so I, I help them uh, take their career into their own hands, getting the clarity they need to figure out where they want to go and figuring out the strategy they need to put it in place. And then the psychology behind that uh, so that they can deal with uh, an inner critic or the self-doubt, overthinking, things like that, and navigating the multiple roles and multiple identities that they have. So oftentimes they're like one of the only, the few or the first in their position. And so they're, with that comes a lot of pressure to perform. And so helping them realize that, you know, they're not just a professional, they're not just a, a partner or a parent, they're a person and you can't compartmentalize all these things. And so I'm, I'm a huge advocate of really understanding who you are and what you contribute that makes you incomparable and how to do it in a way that allows you to do your best work as your whole self. Um, and so this ends up meaning that I work with mostly women, women of color, but I have, I've had a few, actually quite a few uh, white straight uh, men come to me because they don't, it's like a masculinity issue. They don't feel confident in, in themselves. So different, different issues, but it's just, it's, you know, very similar in terms of confidence. Yeah. Interesting because what you're describing makes me think, you know, that the folks that you really help or support they're you know, we're, we're working within a system that doesn't necessarily, Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily support us, right. It doesn't support us back. And so when you talk about also working with white cis gendered men, it's, it's interesting. And I, and I, I make this point a lot and it's an interesting thing to talk about, which is that the systems like the patriarchal system, the white supremacist system, the systems don't necessarily actually benefit white men. I mean, they benefit them more than others, but in general, these systems don't, aren't actually really great for anybody. Right. Um, yeah. So you know, just to mention a couple of things, because uh, I don't think a lot of people talk about this is like for them, it's I see others like me in this position. Can I really compare? Because they're like head to head with other people who look like them. And so like comparing themselves to them. And so it's more really issues of of self-esteem and self-worth and, and you know, shyness and things like that assertiveness rather than the systemic piece, rather than dealing with like microaggressions, it's more of proving who they are and uh, stepping into the power that is supposed to already be theirs to begin with. Mm. Yeah. So you're, you work on the individual level. Yes. And, and, and I, I hear that and it's so important to, to work on the individual level and it's, it's always like it's always present, right? These systems that we work within, like 
you know, why, why do we need such help with confidence? Why, why do we not speak up? So can you, can you speak to some of that? Yeah. Well, when you don't see people who look like you in positions of uh, leadership, then it makes you wonder if there's space for you. And if you are one of the first to get into that space, just imagine the level of pressure um, that you will likely experience the level of scrutiny you might face. And then just the internalized self-doubt based on not because of your skill set, but more of like what society has said directly or indirectly because of the lack of representation of people who look like you in those positions. Like the what message does that send? And so then it converts into a lot of pressure, either internally or externally or both, um, that then comes back and hinders the individual from being able to give their best because of that constant voice of what will people think? Did I make the best choice? Did I come across as too bossy or or not enough? Or is this too much or too little? It's very exhausting and draining. And at the end of the day, it doesn't allow you to focus on what you really bring to the table because you're worried about how you're bringing it and how it's being received by others. Mm, Yeah. So Lizette, do you have some specific um, tips that you could give listeners who might be struggling with feeling uh, isolated in their leadership role or lacking confidence, wanting to ask for what they deserve at work, but are, you know, not able to do that yet? Well, I will say bring the data, not the drama. And I tend to be a, people call me a uh, velvet hammer. Like I say it with with a lot of love and compassion, but I, I tell it like it is because that's the real world. And so might as well get it from somebody that cares and can not like, a, you know, hold you back from the reality. And what I mean by that is at the end of the day, it's about profit. It's not about people. And that's a sad reality because I've talked to so many women who gave their all their blood, sweat, tears, and years to an organization just to be let go. And just the, the, the amount of sacrifices they had made. And at the end of the day, they were just another number that was replaceable. And so you have to look out for yourself and thinking about what is it that really matters to the company or the organization that will make them want to meet your needs on your terms. So it's not just about you and how like Johnny Q uh, has less skills than you, but Johnny Q is the one in that position, not you. Uh, so that's like what I mean by drama um, and bringing the data like, okay, here's what I've done these past few years here. Here's the, the results, the output, the numbers, the increases in sales or whatever it is that they're measuring uh, results by, you know, not to be stereotypical, but women for them for you know most of us we care about relationships and and um we tend to lead with that and so wondering how can you still um be that person who cares about relationships but the most important one being with you Mm. and your own being your own advocate and so it's like we're flipping the script or reverse engineering if i were them what would compel me to want to give this person what she's asking for how does it really benefit me or how can i get like a three time return mm-hmm. on investing in her and so coming from that place is going to be more beneficial than just saying than having a poor me mentality 
So that takes a lot of self-awareness yeah. right? and a lot of work, a lot of emotional intelligence, if you want to call it that. Um, so I'm speaking with Dr. Lizette Ojeda, and we will be right back. You're invited to join me for a brand new monthly group experience over in the Well Woman Academy. This is a monthly group that includes access to the full six-week course based on feminism, mindfulness, and the Well Woman Life Framework. It includes weekly groups, coaching sessions with me, as well as office hours and a private Facebook group to share and grow. Don't get me wrong, this is hard work. But with these tools, you will easily find the time to do the course, get the coaching, and reach your goals monthly. If you find yourself worrying about whether you'll ever make it in the thing you're pursuing, waking up in the middle of the night with anxiety, lacking the energy you need to get everything done, stuck in some aspect of leading your team, procrastinating on moving forward with projects and tasks, or in a leadership role but second-guessing yourself constantly, I'd love to introduce you to the Well Woman Academy. It's for smart, high-achieving women changing the world who want to overcome anxiety, burnout, perfectionism, and insecurity. The result? You get to live your Well Woman life, a life of joy, ease, and abundance, even when things are tough all around you. Visit wellwomanlife.com academy to learn more. I'm back with Dr. Lizette Ojeda on the Well Woman Show today. And we're going into the segment called Superpowers for Success, where we get to know our guests a little deeper and hopefully hear some of her wisdom and advice that can impact our lives. And the first question I have for you, Dr. Ojeda, is what does success in life mean for you? I love that question. Success in life means having to really lived in a way that allows me to do my best work as my whole self in a way that makes me feel fulfilled, like I made an impact and without allowing things like self-doubt or burnout hold me back from enjoying the fruits of my labor and the success that has come um, from it. Mm. And it's not just monetary. In fact, it's more about how I spend my time because we can never get back our time. At the end of my life, I will give anything for just 10 more minutes. And so success to me means using the time you have as best as possible in a way that is in alignment with your values, with what brings you joy, fulfillment, the impact, actually speaking up and making the best use of what you bring to the table. All those years that you spent accumulating knowledge and experience and skills under your belt. Don't leave them just there. And so that's what success means to me. I love that. And I was, I was going to say like showing up as your whole self and, and living a fulfilled life, like that sounds fabulous. And, you know, most people would like say, yeah, sign me up for that. But like the how, like, how do you do that? Right. And I think you really touched on something that's so helpful and critical that we talk about in the well woman community, which is alignment, like aligning your, your words and your actions with your values and your intentions. And uh, when we're not, when it's not aligned for whatever reason, there are lots of reasons for that to happen. When we're not aligned, it's, um, it's exhausting, right? And it can be very uh, unsatisfying. Um, so, so I'm really glad you, you brought that up. And I'd love to ask you, when did you know you were really good at what you do? When it, when I realized how easy it was and how magical it seemed for others when I did it for them. I always thought that in order to 
be good at something, how to be Nobel Peace Prize worthy or that difficult. And really, when it comes easy to you, that's how you know that you're really good at it. And so we tend to define success by based by how hard it was mm-hmm. to get there. And it doesn't have to be a struggle. It can be ease and flow and, and just you really tapping into the culmination of your experiences and skills and talents and, and just who you are without really having to become someone that you think you need to be or is of more value or contribution. Yeah. So that's what I would say when I knew it was easy and I could do it in my sleep, but others couldn't. Yeah. I'll tell you, I want to share this with you. So Mm -hmm. I've taken a number of assessments just because I like to know who I am and um, see if they know who I am as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What I believe about myself. And I've taken an assessment where my number one strength came out to be empathy. And I used to hate that because I'm like, this is so fluffy. Like anybody can be empathetic as long as you're not like, you know, someone who has sociopathic tendencies or things like that. Right. And I always wanted it to be something more um, hardy, something more masculine. Mm -hmm. But I tell you, um, empathy goes a long way. That's something that everybody can 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 have. And that's how you really make change. That's how you um, make an impact because we're all dealing with people. And if you can't empower people to, to really look at themselves and work through some of the challenges because you understand uh, and you're not there to judge them, they can be open and, and honest with you. It just allows the world to be a better place as corny as that sounds. Yeah. But it's an amazing journey that you went through to come to that yeah of, of like really embracing empathy as a as a powerful force mm-hmm. as a as a strength yeah dr ojeda i'd love to know what is one personal habit that contributes to your well-being so that you can do everything you do raising three kids and running your business and everything else yeah i'm also a professor by the way so and, and being a professor yeah <laughs> well I have gotten into the habit of of asking myself, if I say yes to this, what am I automatically saying no to? And yes, naps and Netflix count because I need my time to unwind. And so we tend to just say yes to everything and not really thinking about space that's going to occupy. It's it's going to occupy a space um, and being OK with it, with saying no, if you are not willing to sacrifice something that's important to you without feeling guilty about it but also, you know, recognizing what your capacity is. Otherwise you're just going to burn out and um, stress out and get sick and disappoint others because you can't really keep up. And so you have to back out. And so it's better to tell someone no upfront than to have to come back and say, you know what, I thought I could, but I can't, I'm sorry. Or to, to do a half ass job. I don't know if I can say that, but You just did. (laughs) I, I, I so hear that. And a a big part of what we do here is talk about how to like, how to say no, saying no, we love to say no, uh, because it opens up a yes somewhere else. And um, it's an important boundary issue as well. Um, And so what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? Intuition, like my intuition when I listen to it, I almost wonder if I'm like borderline psychic or something, just because I can connect the dots really quickly. I can read people. I know what's going on without you even saying. And even if you're confused, 
you just tell me your story and what you're challenged with and what's working, what's not. I can connect the dots and I can say, here's what's really going on. Here's what I would suggest. And it just kind of comes together. It's like different. If you give me all the puzzle pieces, I can put it together really quickly. Not literally, but in terms of like your thoughts and what your words and how you're feeling and what you're wanting and what you're struggling with. Well, that goes along really well with your empathy then, isn't it? doesn't it? It does. Um, and, and, and just to say, like, it's really important to, to just acknowledge, like you have this, you know, career as an academic and uh, you've done all of these amazing things that, that most people would, would call success, you know, successful. You've navigated all these systems um, and you hold up empathy and intuition as, as two of the most important pieces, which, um, which I think more people need to hear about and, and, you know, do that as well. And so last couple of questions here, as we wrap up, what advice would you give your younger self, say 10 or 15 years ago? Do it scared, you know, um, most of the times the things we're afraid will happen, don't end up happening. And it's the anticipation of what could be, of the not knowing, of the getting blindsided, of the worst case scenario that holds us back from taking a chance on ourselves or going after that opportunity because the, the pain is, is overpowering the pleasure of the outcome of fulfillment and joy and happiness. And so just doing it scared and trusting that I will figure it out one way or another. It's just a detour. It, it's just a learning opportunity, a lesson. It's just data of telling me what didn't work. And I just go figure out what will eventually death and taxes. That's the only thing I don't have complete control over. So <laughs> right. um, yeah. I just want to say one other piece to that is that oftentimes the anticipation of what will happen is worse than when it actually happens. Yeah. Yeah. And if we can tell ourselves that, and like, and listen to that, right. So that we don't get sucked into that whole anticipation fear process. Um, yes. Thank you for sharing that. And do you identify as a feminist? And I know you have, um, you specialize in an evidence-based intersectional approach to help diverse leaders. How, how does that like work with your feminism? Well, it's about allowing people to get the opportunities that they deserve, quite frankly, and that they want um, and not have that held back just because they don't know the right people. And who are these right people anyway? They tend to not be people who are underrepresented. And so the cycle just continues. And so I'm all about helping people be able to have the opportunities to bring out the best in themselves so that they can contribute to the world in the way that it really is, not in the way it it uh, tends to be when we think about positions of power. And so for me, feminism is not just about women, it's about all underserved communities. That's where it stems from, you know, the feminist movement, but it's, it's really about allowing the underdog, <laughs> quite frankly, in terms of um, not just representation, but opportunity. And it's not just about increasing numbers in places of leadership, but positioning them in a way that they're not just going to survive, but thrive. It doesn't become a heavy lift, but more of a place where they can grow and contribute in a way that nobody else can because they don't have their own uh, creative way of thinking or, or point of view. Okay, last question for you. What are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? 
So I'm currently reading The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women by Valerie Young. Um, And it's a great read, especially if you are experiencing what I call the hater in your head that's telling you um, that you just got lucky, that maybe you don't know as much as you think you do, that you don't need as much help, um, that you can figure it out. And if you can't figure it out on your own, that means you're not good enough at what you're doing. So I would really recommend that book. Okay, great. We'll add that to the show notes and to our book list. And I, I love that you just called that out, like really addressing the hater in your head, because um, as someone who's very in tune with empathy and intuition, you probably deal with that a lot with, with people that you work with. How do you describe the difference between the hater in your head and your real intuition? Like when, when people are like, well, I don't know which one's the right one to listen to. Well, I would say asking yourself, is this a, a place of fear or exhilaration or an excitement? So you got, you got those jitters in your stomach, but is it coming from a place of what could go wrong or what could go well? What's, what's possible? Where's the opportunity in this? Like just excited to see how far you can go. Yeah. That's a great way to distinguish it. If it's a, if it's a positive energizing inner voice versus a fearful, hateful voice, right? Well, Dr. Lizette Ojeda, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure as well. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your Well Woman Life, head over to wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join our community. As a reminder, we are on NPR every week, so be sure to tune in at npr.org slash podcasts and search for The Well Woman Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.